There we go. Praise the Lord. Okay. Oh, we're in Hebrews 9 now, but I'm going to back up the latter part of, because remember, it's a continuous, uh, oh, whatever it is. It's continuous uh, oh, thought here. They don't just all of a sudden, chapter 9, we'll read this 10 years later. No, let's back up even further here. He was comparing Jesus to, remember, Melchizedek. So here we are in Hebrews chapter uh, chapter 8. Let's back up just a little bit. Let's see. Oh, notice he's talking about uh, the Jewish high priest. Uh, the um, Let's see. Let's start in verse 3 here, Hebrews 8, verse 3. And since every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, Christ must make an offering too. Well, yeah, that's, that's the purpose of the cross. Okay. The sacrifice he offers is far better than those offered by the earthly priest. But even so, if he were here on the earth, he wouldn't be permitted to be a priest because down here the priests still follow the old Jewish system of sacrifices. Okay. Their work is connected with a mere earthly model of the real tabernacle in heaven, which I, I don't know where I was. I must have been asleep growing up. I didn't realize there was. Now, of course, I, I learned, you know, as time went on. Whoa, there's a real tabernacle in the heavens. Okay. Yeah. Uh, their work was connected to a mere earthly model of the real tabernacle in heaven, verse 5. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God warned him to follow the exact pattern of the heavenly tabernacle as shown to him on Mount Sinai, which was totally interesting because, whoa, this was a sample of what it looks like in heaven. He says, but Christ, verse 6, is a minister, as a minister in heaven, has been rewarded with a far more important work than these who serve under the old laws. Because the new agreement that he passes on to us, he says it contains far more wonderful promises. Okay, now, let's go straight on into chapter 9. And he says, now, in that first agreement, chapter 9, chapter 1, uh, the first agreement between God and his people, there was rules for worship, and there was a sacred tent down here on earth. Now, you find this in Exodus. Now, Exodus is about Egypt, Moses, up to the 15th chapter. It didn't take long. There was no contest. After all those massive miracles that God did, the plagues and stuff like that, boy, Moses and the people were out of there. Wow. Okay. And then they went to Mount Sinai and, you know, Moses up and down on that mountain about four or five times. The 70 elders went up there, had dinner with the Lord. I never heard that. Go read it. That's, I'm telling you, we, get, we become asleep and we don't read our Bibles. You go read that in uh, Exodus uh, chapters 21 and 22 and 23 and 24. Just keep reading. But anyway, during that, that, the latter part of Exodus, it go, you know, Exodus 23 and 4 and 5 and 6 and 7, God tells Moses, he asks for, tell the people if they want to help to bring purple and this and gold and whatever. And he's telling them how to put this whole thing together. And Leviticus chapter 1 says, now that the tabernacle is built, whoa. So now that God's talking to him through that tabernacle. But here we go. So these are some details about it. Watch what he says. Now remember, he's been talking about how great Jesus is for us. Okay. He's our high priest. So the first agreement between God and his people, verse 1 of chapter 9, uh, were rules for worship and there was a sacred tent. Yeah, there's, that's what they call it, a tabernacle. It's not a confusing thing. Say Some people say temple. Some people say tabernacle. Tabernacle meant it was a, it was a tent. You could pop it up and take. Remember, they had to go to the promised land. You know, and David didn't get to build the temple. Remember, he tried to because he got the kingdom all basically back under control when he took office. But the Lord said, no, your son Solomon will do it. Okay. And then they actually built a physical temple in Jerusalem there. All right, here we go. Inside that place of worship, this is a big tent. You got the dimensions and stuff. Oh, it's actually 90 feet long. It's not as big as the ark, but it's, it was 90 feet long in one direction and a, 
Oh, uh, anyway, whatever. Uh, you can see the details. Let's keep going. Inside this place of worship, there were two rooms. Okay, let's catch some details important. Two rooms. Okay, two rooms. All right. All right. The first one contained the golden candlestick and a table with special loaves of holy bread upon it. This part was called the holy place. Now, it makes sense because we're going to have a holy of holies. That's the second room. But it's interesting that bread, as we, as we read over there, that was called the bread of his presence. That's kind of cool. Where is God when you need him? The bread of his presence. Remember, Jesus even said, I'm the bread of life. Anyway, remember, this is a copy of what's in heaven. Okay. Then there was a curtain. And behind that curtain was a room. Here's your second room called the Holy of Holies. In that room, there was a golden incense altar and the golden chest called the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, that's what I was talking about a few minutes ago. The mercy seat. Remember that? Okay. Now look what it says here. This is all things we've read about in the Old Testament. Completely covered on all sides with pure gold. That's what the Lord said to Moses to do in Exodus. Inside the Ark were the tablets of stone of the Ten Commandments written on them. Now remember in the days of Samuel, the thing got stole by the... <laughs> by the Philistines and they peeked inside, you know, and whatever. Terrible things started happening to them. Anyway, and a golden jar with some manna in it. Do you see where we're going? We got to believe all this stuff. Manna, you don't believe that. Yeah, uh huh. You know, God told Moses to put some manna in it. Why? So that you could tell your grandchildren this is what that stuff looks like. So the high priest would go in there and pull it out, go in and show all the people. And if you were there as a kid or whatever, you probably got to see it. Oh, my gosh. As the priest who loved you, you had some stupid ones, but most of them were supposed to care for you. And they wanted you to see it. It's not like the haughty ways you see in some movies and stuff. You know, a priest could care less about you. And I, wrong kind of priest. Anyway. Inside the ark were the tablets of stone, the Ten Commandments, and the jar with some manna in it, and Aaron's wooden cane that budded. What was that? A tremendous story in the Old Testament. There were 12 rods. Every tribe brought a rod. And uh, the Lord said, I'm going to show you which one uh, is, has permission to, uh, you know, be the priest. And Aaron's rod, a chunk of wood, there all of a sudden, it bloomed the next morning. Whatever. Anyway. Above the golden chest were statues of angels called cherubim. The guardians, there it is, of God's glory. And their wings, look at that, stretched out over the ark's cover called the mercy seat. But notice he says, enough of such details. See, because we're, we're used to this. We know this. Now, this is behind that curtain. Well, when all was ready, here's what the story was. This happened and was still taking place at the time of this writing. When all was ready, the priest went in and out of the first room whenever they wanted to, doing their work. Yeah, because you brought a lamb in, you know, well, not just for the Passover, Every day you could have brought a lamb. Well, there was a sacrifice every day. But you could have brought a thank offering anytime, you know. And if you knew you really blew it, <laughs> you could bring a sacrifice for your sins. But you did it every year anyway. All right. But only the high priest went into the inner room. And then only once a year, look at this, all alone, always with the blood that he sprinkled on the mercy seat as an offering to God. To Look at that. Cover his own mistakes? Now wait. The pastor's perfect. <laughs> He's not. God. This really helps all of us. Ain't what one person perfect, and that was Jesus. And that's what they're actually going to say here. Okay. You know, that mercy seat must have been relatively nasty looking. Somebody used to go in there with some Lysol, clean this thing up because there's blood. You know. 
Anyway, I've had big deer hunter, you know, whatever, and clean out the back of my truck occasionally. But most of the time you clean it out because you get blood in there and stuff. Well, you don't clean out the Holy of Holies. It's sprinkled with blood. So if I didn't clean out the back of my truck, anybody would know, whoo, you've been deer hunting. <laughs> you know, there's some evidence here, whatever. Okay, that's what's going on here. Anyway, to cover his own mistakes. Look at that. The high priest. What did you do wrong? <laughs> no telling. But you know what? He's still a high priest. Didn't, mock, didn't knock him off. And the sins and mistakes. and Excuse me. Uh, mistakes and sins. And the mistakes and sins of all the people. Look at that. Mistakes and sins of all the people. Now remember, when was this? Once a year. Oh, you, you can't keep coming in here. Oh, yeah, you can't. We're going to blow it. God's not counting, okay? The Holy Spirit, look at this. And the Holy Spirit, verse 8, uses all this to point out that under the old system, the common people, well, watch, this is, so, this is what's so amazing. The common people, and I'm going to stop here. Look at this picture about Jesus knocking on your heart's door. This is written to a church. I mean, he created everything. Jesus is Lord. He's God, the scriptures tell us. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus, that's God. Look where he is. He's at your house. Anyway, but boy, back over here, the Holy Spirit uses this to point out that under the old system, the common people, that's us, could not go into the holies of holies as long as the other room and the entire system it represents were still in use. Yeah, okay. We couldn't go in. Well, what do we do? Keep going. This has an important lesson for us today. For under the old system, gifts and sacrifices were offered, but these failed to cleanse the people who brought them. The old system dealt only with certain rituals, what foods to eat and drink, rules for washing and rules about this and that. The people had to keep these rules to tide them over until Christ came with a new and better way. Now, this is the reason Paul was thrown in jail. It's not because oh, we, we believe in Jesus. No, it was more than that. He said, we believe in Jesus, and you don't need the Jewish law anymore. That's what threw him in jail. Matter of fact, Paul says that. He says, if, if I was just saying, you know, you're, you could be a Christian and still keep all the Jewish laws, you're not in trouble over that. He said that in, in the book of Galatians very plainly. He said, anybody can say that. But Christ came with a new and better way. You don't have to keep it anymore. You don't have to be circumcised anymore. You don't have to do this and that and whatever. That's what aggravated him. Anyway, he became the high priest of this better way we now have. He went into that. Look at that. Can you believe this? He went into this greater, perfect tabernacle in heaven. Not made by men, nor parts of this world. See, that, see where the, the issue is about believing that Jesus was resurrected from the dead? You know, I know some people, I've heard them. They ain't too sure Jesus rose from the dead. They believe Jesus was a great leader. They believe he's the Messiah, but they still, they're like smarter than everybody else, and they don't want to admit that they believe Jesus is resurrected. Yeah, I know, it looks crazy, but we don't understand that God is God. And he paid this price, and then he came back to life again. Whoa. Anyway, so here, look at this. So, whew. he went into that far greater perfect tabernacle in heaven, how? He was dead. He came back to life. Okay? All right? Uh, and once for all, took blood into that inner room. They had an inner room. Yeah. The Holy of Holies sprinkled it on the mercy seat. 
But it was not the blood of goats and calves. I think what it says next. Okay. Uh, yeah, goats and calves. No, he took his own blood and with it by himself made sure of our eternal salvation. Wow. And he goes and says, if under the old system, the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of young cows, that's ashes of a heifer. There's a big story about that in uh, the book of Leviticus. Okay. Uh, could cleanse men's bodies from sin. Just think how much more surely the blood of Christ will transform our lives and hearts. Now, Remember I was saying that that back of my truck, if I didn't clean it, I'd have blood in there if I hunted deer. Okay, the Ark of the Covenant. Remember <laughs> I mentioned that every year, they don't clean that up. It was, guess what's in heaven? The blood of Jesus. We sing, oh, the blood of Jesus. That's because it's presented up there. And you better believe it was sprinkled. Think about how powerful that blood was. Whoa. You know, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. It's not just a saying, it's the truth. We're saying, nope, I'm here as a representative of what's born in heaven in my place. There's blood up there. And uh, oh yeah, don't say anymore. You get a free pass. The the devil can't stop any of that. All right. Uh, His sacrifice frees us from, look at that. Look at this phrase. See, this is where the Jewish laws and the people that still think they're going to get saved by keeping on, this is where they had beef with Paul. It frees us from the worry of having to obey the old rules and makes us want to serve the living God. See, they still think, well, you need to keep these laws. No? Uh Uh-uh. For by the help of the eternal Holy Spirit, Christ willingly gave himself to die for our sins, he being perfect without a single sin or fault. Christ came with this new agreement, the New Testament, you know. It's really like signing loan papers. You signed it. And all who are invited, look at this, that all... Who are invited may come, look at this, and have forever. Look at this. What does this mean? All the wonders God has promised them, all he just simply means going to heaven. Well, why did he say all the wonders? Look at this. For Christ died to rescue them from the penalty of the sins they committed while still under that old system. Now, if someone dies and leaves a will, look at this. This is, we all get it. People, we, our moms and dads have wills or whatever. Maybe you knew somebody or have you seen movies. What's in the will? Okay. If someone dies and leaves a will, a list of things to be given away to certain people when he dies. Notice this. A list of things like healing, whatever. Find your keys, whatever. We have so limited the Lord. Certain things to be given. Anyway, given away to certain people when he dies. No one gets anything until that person uh, who wrote the will is dead. In other words, well, how do we know he's dead? There's blood sprinkled in heaven. That's where he's going with this. Okay. The will goes into effect only when we can prove, you know, the coroner has said, yep, so-and-so has died. It goes into effect only after the person who wrote, uh, the death of the person who wrote it. While he's still alive, no one can get, uh, uh, no one uh, can use it to get any of those things he's promised them. That's why, look at that, the blood was sprinkled as proof of Christ's death before even the first agreement could go into effect. Now, here it goes. It goes back showing you what happened with Moses and the Jews. For after Moses, verse 19, had given all the people all the laws. This is Exodus 20, I think. 19, I think it's 19. Anyway. Oh, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water, sprinkled the blood over the... Good grief, he's making a mess. And over... Oh, man, nasty blood. This is just a blood... The reason, thank God, the blood of those animals, not you, 
God didn't say, well, some of y'all come forward now. We worship the great God of Dagon. Some of y'all have to, have to die for the work. God never required any of our human sacrifice. Thank God. Talk about love. So he takes the blood of goats and calves and sprinkled the... Good grief, now you just... Your beautiful leather Bible, we'll say, except it was the, the stone tablets. Sprinkled it. And then, and over all the people... <laughs> but if you were close enough to get hit, it lets you know. The covenant's working. Why? Covenant's working. Somebody died. That means I get these benefits. That's the reason the Lord got so mad at them when they got in the promised land. You don't think you can take these giants? Oh, even Joshua told when they finally got in the promised land and were knocking everybody out. Uh, one group of people were trying to say, well... Uh, we want to take that southern mountain there, but we're not going to go in that. In the, no, we, we'll take the valley. We don't want to take the mountain because there's some giants up there. We don't think we can take them. Joshua said, "You could take those giants." He just, I just you catch it. You go. You could get those giants too. He wasn't going to let him get away with saying, "Okay, y'all can take the lower part there," but he said, "Y'all can kick the tail out of those giants." So, how can you do that? That blood. Anyway, the agreement to where we get to. Let's see. Using branches of hyssop bushes and scarlet wool to sprinkle with. Then he said, this blood that marks the beginning of the agreement. This is Moses talking. Between you and God, the agreement God commanded me to make with you. In the same way, now it's Jesus. He's gone up there and made a holy mess, hadn't he? Wow. He sprinkled on the sacred tent. Oh, yeah, excuse me. And in the same way, uh, he took, uh, this is Moses still. He sprinkled blood on the sacred tent and whatever instruments that were used for worship. Uh, you, uh, you know, you thought, well, our church is a beautiful church. Well, the tabernacle was just stained with blood everywhere. In fact, we can say under the old agreement, almost everything was cleansed by sprinkling it with blood. Now we know about uh, the, all our songs about the cross. Anyway, by sprinkling it with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Remember that the soul that sinneth must surely die. Ah, oh, rats, we ain't not going. Yeah, you are. Somebody took your place. That's what redemption is. You know, redemption is they took your place for you. Anyway, that's why the sacred tent down here on earth and everything in it, all copies from things in heaven had to be made pure by Moses in this way, being sprinkled by the blood of animals. Remember, they just made it. All the people got their gold together and the, and the craftsmen made clothes for the high priest and a turban and all this kind of stuff. Then Moses goes in there and <laughs> it's covered with blood. Woo! But the real things in heaven, of which these down here are copies, so we have to deal with that. We're like, okay, I believe. I believe Jesus rose on the grid, obviously. But then I also get to think about heaven. Whoa! Heaven has structure like this. Okay. They were made pure with far more precious offerings. For Christ has entered into heaven itself. Look at that. To appear now before God. Look at that as our friend. Oh, I have to swallow deep. I You... <laughs> That's why I wanted to show you uh, Revelation 3.20. Does that look like your friend? Go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Doesn't he look like your friend? Yes. Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> Nathaniel, yeah, I saw you under the fig tree. Peter, he even read Peter. He goes, Peter, you're going to be called. No, he actually said son of Cephas. He didn't know him. Yeah, he did because he's God. He, he said, you're going to be called the rock. Wow. All right, so Christ entered into heaven itself, now to appear uh, before God as our friend. Some people just choke on that. He just, uh, no, 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 I'm going to be reverent here. 
reverent is to accept this. Unbelief is to say, well, no, I just, I believe it another way, Richard. Don't do that. It was not the earthly place of worship he did this. Remember, it wasn't the tap. You couldn't even find that anymore. I don't even know what they had in that ark at the time of Jesus because Nebuchadnezzar had tore everything all up. I'm sure they rebuilt it. It was Herod's temple at that point. Can you imagine that? Herod's temple. It's supposed to be the temple of the Lord. Anyway, it was not this earthly place of worship that he did this, for that was just a mere, here it is again, copy, copy, copy of the real temple in heaven. Nor, look at this, nor has he offered himself again and again as the high priest down here on earth offers animal blood in the Holy of Holies each year. Remember that earthly guy, he did it because it was for his own sins. Anyway, Jesus didn't have to do it but once. Here's why. If that had been, let's see what he says here, necessary, he would have had to die again and again ever since the world began. But no, he came once for all at the end of the age to put away, look at that, the power of sin forever by dying for us. You know, we've covered a lot of great detail. I mean, a lot of great detail here. Found out some wonderful things here. I want to show you a verse. I'm going to switch it to the King James because we probably heard it so much. Most of the time, this is all you ever heard. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, judgment. That's all we've heard in the Bible Belt. Trying to scare the daylights out of us. Well, I'm not going to sin anymore because, boy, it's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Ah, wait a minute. Is that what he's talking about here? Is, is this sort of a scary phrase right here? No. The word, verse above it just said he put away sin by the sacrifice of, his, of himself. That's why he leads right into it. And it's appointed unto men once to die, and after that the judgment. What kind of judgment? Well, you're not going to be condemned for your sins. We've already read that. So as it is destined that men die only once, and after that comes judgment, so also Christ died. So he was actually referring to Christ dying once. As Christ died only once, as an offering for sins of, look at that, of many people, he will come again, but not to deal with our sins. He already dealt with it. He's fixed it. This time, he will come bringing salvation to all those who are eagerly and patiently waiting for him. I'm holding my breath. I'm not done because we've got to go straight into the next. The, the, it's the same sentence. Chapter 10, 1. The old system of Jewish laws gave only a dim foretaste of the good. Look at that. Why does it say things? Hmm. It's more than heaven. That Christ would do for us. The sacrifices under the old system were repeated again and again, year after year. Uh, but even so, they could never save those who lived under their rules. Yeah, you couldn't go to heaven by the Old Testament. Uh-uh. It was leading us to Jesus. That was the whole purpose of it. If they could have, one offering would have been enough. The worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all. Their feeling of guilt would have been gone. But just the opposite. Those yearly sacrifices reminded them of this, their disobedience and guilt instead of relieving their minds. Matter of fact, one of the feasts was a time of reflection. It wasn't the Passover. This was in late fall. And they were supposed to be humble about their sins and stuff. It was one of the great feasts they had to do. Anyway. For it's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to really take away sins. That's why Christ said as he came into the world, Oh God, the blood of bulls and goats, he's quoting a book of Psalms here, something out of Psalms, could never satisfy you. So you have made ready this body of mine for me to lay as a sacrifice on your altar. You were not satisfied with animal sacrifices slain, burnt for you as offerings for sin. 
Then I said, see, I have come to do your will, to lay down my life, just as the scriptures said I would. Okay, after Christ said this about not being satisfied with various sacrifices and offerings required by the old system, then he added, here I am, I have come to give my life. Look at that. He cancels the first system in favor of a far better one. Now, the trouble some people have today, they think he didn't completely cancel all of it. We're still supposed to. No, you're not. Mm -mm. It's like Phil said last week when he asked a brother about, what do you think about this heaven stuff? And the guy said, it's just Jesus. That's right. Under this new plan, we have been forgiven and made clean by Christ dying for us once and for all. Under the old agreement, the priest stood before the altar day after day offering sacrifices that could never take away our sins. But Christ gave himself to God for our... Remember, what does he mean gave? He went right into there in the heavenly holies of holies with his own blood. For our sins as one sacrifice for all time. Then he sat down at the place of highest honor at God's right hand. Waiting for his enemies to be made laid, no, excuse me, waiting for his enemies to be laid under his feet. For by that one, look at that, it's just, how strong can this be? Woo, it gets stronger all the time. By one offering, he's made forever perfect in the sight of God. All those whom he is making holy. What? Yeah, you're not going to earn this. I don't care how good you get, how many fasts you do, what you quit doing, whatever. He did it already with the blood. Calm down. That leaves you room to just breathe and just say, Lord, I want to serve you. Yeah, you can get better if you want to, but you're already better by that blood. And the Holy Spirit testifies that this is so, for he said, this is the agreement I will make with the people of Israel. Though they break the first agreement, I'll write my laws in their minds. He's quoting from something out of prophet Jeremiah said long at the time of Nebuchadnezzar. I'll write my laws in their minds. They'll walk, they, they will always know my will. I'll put my laws in their hearts so that they will want to obey them. And then he adds, I will never again remember their deeds and their sins and lawless deeds. Now, when sins have once been forever forgiven and forgotten, there's no need for any more sacrifices to get rid of them. So, dear brothers, look at this. Oh, man. Richard, you first. <laughs> Wait a minute. What if I don't want to go in there? Look at that. So, dear brothers, now we may walk right into the very holy of holies where God is. Now, why? Well, it's, it's covered with that blood because of the blood of Jesus. This is the fresh and new life-giving way that Christ has opened up for us by tearing down the curtain, his human body, to let us into the holy presence of God. And since this great high priest of ours over God's household, uh, uh, oh no, he rules over God's household, let's go right into God himself with true hearts fully trusting him to receive us because, uh, let's see, what is that? Yeah, because we've been, <laughs> we've been sprinkled. And when did that happen? Now wait, remember Moses sprinkled the people and now it says Christ has sprinkled you too with Christ's blood to make us clean because our bodies have been washed with pure water. Now, what will that do for you next time you pray and you go in when you're praying? Think about yourself. Yes, my blood on me. Yeah. What did that mean? That means the death of somebody, so I got a will. Yeah, the will of Christ, all those great things. It's just like somebody down here, you had a great, 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 whatever, very rich uncle or a dad or whatever. Yep, it's yours. Probate office says it all belongs to Phil. You know, it all belongs to Laura, belongs to Paula, you know, Janet and Richard. Whoa. What are you going to do about that? Woo. 
I'm going to thank my uncle or my daddy or whoever it was. <laughs> wow, look who we can thank. Look at this. Now we can look forward to the salvation God's promised us. There is no longer any room for doubt. We can tell others, yeah, that that salvation is ours. There's no question. He will do what he says. In response to all he's done, let us outdo. Here, look what he says. Do. Let's just outdo each other and being helpful and kind to each other, doing good. Notice he says, let us not neglect our church meetings, as some do, but encourage each other, warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing uh, near. If anyone sins deliberately, now he ain't talking about you. No, let him finish the phrase. I think the King James says, uh, oh, let's see. Well, anyway, let's go keep reading it. If anyone sins deliberately by rejecting the Savior after knowing, uh, oh, knowingly, knowing the truth of forgiveness. There's still a point I want to make right here. Oh, let me switch it to the King James because I'm mean, like, any sins deliberate. Let me get the word I'm trying to remember here. Verse 26. Oh, willfully, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what sin is not willfully? You wanted to mess up, you did it. Oh, oh. See, that's why you got to keep reading to get what's going on, okay? Any sin. Matter of fact, they can't. The, the, remember the high priest had to go in there with blood? He couldn't stop sinning, the scriptures was telling us. All right, here we go. Back to this. Verse 26, Living Bible. If anyone sins deliberately, look at what it is. By rejecting the Savior, not sassing your mama, not having a bad attitude, not stealing something or whatever. No, you want out of this thing. I don't care about the... Look, he's going to describe it. This sin's not covered by Christ's death. Oh, that means there are sins covered by... Yeah, if you regularly sin, blow it, and you, you know, just... But this one's not when you reject the Savior. Look what he says. There will be nothing to look forward to but terrible punishment from God's anger. Now what's so bad is preachers jumped on church members for missing church and they said, this is you. You've forsaken the assembling of ourselves together because that's what it says in the King James. Hey boy, you've rejected the Messiah. They have not. Listen to you rant and rave in there. I wouldn't go either. You know. Anyway, here we go. Look at this. He said, there's no way to get rid of it. Now, wait a minute. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Jesus is our high priest. This one, here's something else. What is it? There will be, remember, it's rejecting the Savior. <sighs> okay. Oh, there will be nothing to look forward to but God's terrible punishment of awful anger when he consumes all his enemies. Look at this. A man who refused to obey the laws of Moses was killed without mercy if there was two or three witnesses to his sin. Now, look what he did. It wasn't that he made a mistake. He said, I'm not playing this game anymore. Woo, the sons of Korah, ground opened up, swallowed them. Anyway, think, look, here it is. Am I guilty of this? Think how much more terrible punishment will be for those who have trampled underfoot the Son of God. Not me. <laughs> Anytime I've blown it, I'm like, Jesus, you got to help me. Look at this. And treated his cleansing blood. Look at this. As though it were common, unholy, I don't, I don't believe that story. Look at this. And insulted and outraged, outraged the Holy Spirit. See, that's not us. And it'll never be you, you know. Uh, outraged the Holy Spirit who brings mercy to his people. Wow. For we know him. Justice belongs to me. I'll repay them. Who also said the Lord himself will handle these cases. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Oh my God. I'm glad you and I are on his mercy. So he goes on and says, So don't forget those wonderful days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you kept right on with the Lord even though it meant terrible suffering? 
What are you talking about? The Jews got kicked out of Jerusalem because they believed in Jesus instead of the Moses' law. Sometimes you were laughed at and beaten. Sometimes you watched and sympathized with others suffering the same things. You suffered with those thrown in jail. You were actually joyful when all you owned was taken from you. Now think about that if that's what happened. Do you really think you would deny Jesus if the police came in and said, Richard, do you believe in Jesus? I'd say, yeah, I do. Okay, we're taking over all your stuff. I ain't worried about it. All right. I believe this stuff. You are too. You would be fine. This is exactly what Phil was testifying about a few minutes ago about what do you think is going on in the world? If things went belly up, guess what? We, 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 we're going to be fine. Look, look, you took joyfully when all your own was taken from you. Knowing that, look at this, you knew that better things were waiting for you in heaven. Things that would be yours forever. Wow. So look what he says. Do not let this happy trust in the Lord die away no matter what happens. Remember your reward. You need to keep on patiently doing God's will if you want Him to do for you all He's promised. In other words, let's keep remembering that He'll help you find your car keys. Janet and all that stuff. Praise God. His coming will not be delayed, but I mean, He's coming. And those whose faith has... Look at, look at the... Oh my gosh, are you sure? Those whose faith has made them good in God's sight. See, that's what does it. Not your goody goodness. Must live by faith, trusting Him. Look at that, in everything. Boy, that's where we are today. Anything you're worried about? Quit worrying about it. Me too. Richard, anything you're worried about? Well, let me think. <laughs> I know I've woke up some days and I'm like, I'm so full of knowing I'm okay. I'm like, I'm having to find something to worry about. I know I got something to worry about somewhere. And that's where you want to be. You're like, hey. Because what'll happen is, what's fixing to happen, usually somebody's going to come up and find out that you're that way. And they'll go, I don't know how you, aren't you worried? And you'll go, let me tell you about somebody, Jesus. Boy, and you'll know it's Jesus is trying to help that guy. He's after them because they're in a lot of trouble without him. Anyway, his coming will not be delayed much longer, and those whose faith made him good in God's sight must live by faith, trusting him in everything. Otherwise, if they shrink back, huh, what do you mean shrink back? God will have no pleasure in them. No, there's just simply getting... But we've never turned our backs on God and sealed our faith. No, our faith in him assures our soul's salvation. We're not going to read this, but look where you go next. Your breath is still breathing. What is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things seen. Then this whole chapter is all about folks who trusted God. Now what I want to do, we're not going to go there, but I want to go back to nail down a couple of things we just saw about Jesus and you and I going in the holies of holies. Let's go to Colossians. It's chapter 3. It's long about, I think it's 12. Yeah, let's see. Oh. No, it's not three, it's one. Excuse me. I got them back. There's one in Ephesians I want to do. Let's go back to two, two. It's in one. Verse 22, I think. So, he's talking about what Jesus did. He has done this through the death, through the death on the cross of his own human body, we know. And now, as a result, Christ has, look at that, he's brought you into the very presence of God. Look, can you believe this? And you are standing there before him. Whoops, <laughs> I messed that up. You're standing there before him. Where did it go? We got that part, didn't we? There it is. Standing there before him uh, with nothing left. Let me get off the mouse there. So it won't go away. With, you're standing before him. You're there. Nothing left against you. Nothing left that he could even chide you for. Why? You got that blood on you? And there's blood in the Holy of Holies at the 
Whoa. Look at this. The only condition. Oh, here it comes. Yeah. You better not blow it. Better not make a bunch of mistakes. Oh, really? Look what he says. The only condition is that you fully believe the truth, standing in steadfast Standing in it steadfast and firm, strong in the Lord, convinced of the good news that Jesus died for you, never shifted from tr- never shifting from trusting Him to save you. Wow, He did it. Nobody else. Let me back up to Ephesians three, and I think this is twenty-two, right in here. Well, that ain't twenty-two. It'd be twelve. That's what it is. Oh, it's not. It's not three. Yeah, it is three. Yeah, here it is. Uh, look, there's 12 right in front of me. Now we can come, <laughs> yeah, look at that, fearlessly right into God's presence, assured of his glad welcome when we come with Christ and trust him in the, uh, and, and uh, when we come with Christ and trust in him. Yeah, so we're not going in there by ourselves. Ah, oh, you see, the, oh, it's so important that, uh, now you know why Jesus, is, it just made, uh, he's the high priest, it was his blood. Uh, my, our only hope is Jesus. Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, praise the Lord. I see that we're sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. And he went around healing everybody anyway, long before this ever took place. If anybody was sick, he just healed them, praise the Lord. So we know you love us enough to take care of that. Same thing's true financially. You'll take care of all the financial trouble we got. Same thing's true if we got any kind of problem or whatever. Praise the Lord. We, we know you love us and you'll help us get out of whatever is bothering us. And so, Lord, that doesn't leave anything left for us to tell us what great things you've done for us as we tell them about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. That's good.